He gave us one bottle. How many times we got to plug the guy for a fucking bottle? All I know is I've been I've been uh, using it. I use it using it, and he instructed me the right way to use it. You just put a little bit in your hands, and you rub your hands together, and just evenly spread through your beard. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say it it makes it feel soft and structured. Does it? Does it now? Pilger beard oil. A pillager. Pillager. A pillager beard oil, like a pirate. So uh, I went to my hair cuttery, and the uh, the lady who cuts my hair has been, you know, not talking shit about my beard, but she said, you know, you have a lot of split ends. And um, I went in there last time to get my hair cut after the pillager oil was given to me and applied to said beard. And I told her, I was like, oh, I'm, I got some beard oil from this from this weird stalker fan. <laughs> and she's like, cool, it does look better. It looks better. So it's yeah. working. It's working. That's good. Great. Great. So, uh, and you know what else I wanted to give a shout out to? Fuck you, NPR. Oh, okay. What do we got? Fuck them. Just fuck them. Why? Fuck them and their politics and their intelligenceness. Like, I don't want to hear that shit. You know what people tune into this for? Nonsense. This is entertainment. This is a distraction from your shitty fucking life. You know what NPR is doing? They're saying, hey, you got a shitty life? Guess what? It's a lot worse. Here's why it's so much worse. Fuck you, NPR. Fuck you, your politics and your fucking media brainwashing, making people all paranoid about where their food comes from and whether the president's turning the world into a dictatorship. I'm telling you, turn on Fox News and you'll know everything's just fine and okay. Everything's fine. No, turn on Not For Everyone podcast. Turn on Not For Everyone podcast. This is episode 24. It's not for everyone. Hooray! Hooray! We did it, number twenty-four. So I went to I went to antiquing last weekend. So you got like flour in your hand and threw it in your girl's face. What is what antiquing? What does that mean? Did you ever watch Jackass? I guess they put flour in the hand and one of the buddies would be asleep and they throw the flour right in the face. That would make me divorced. <laughs> that would make you. Don't do it to your your fiance. Uh, but you did do it to your friends. They'd say like, somehow you got divorced before you even got married. <laughs> Congratulations, Bobby. Welcome. Just lawyers involved. Welcome, welcome to America. So you went antiquing, like antique shops. Yeah, I went antiquing. Um, I just my my parents were in town, as you know. Did you go to the, the last episode? Did you go to the downtown antique mall in New Braunfels? Downtown Texas? Lockhart, Texas. Because oh, we went out there for barbecue. By the way, went to Smitty's. How is it? Blacks is better. Yeah, it is better. I've been to Blacks. People out will there. argue like like uh, like like it's life and death yeah. between those two. Blacks yeah. is definitely better. I've been to Lockhart a couple times. One time to eat barbecue, and I went to Blacks, and it was fucking amazing. It was good, and uh, everybody was saying about Smitty's, and uh, you know maybe I'll try it one of these days. And for those of you that don't know, Lockhart, Texas, is. I would say the the barbecue capital of the world. Oh, shut the fuck up, Bobby. Listen, for those of you that per don't capita, know... it's a small town that has three highly renowned barbecue restaurants. I'm sure that somewhere in West Texas, and eh, maybe not West, maybe North Texas... Snows is supposed to be number one. I'm sure there's all these fucking little... I'm sure there's a lot of little towns in Texas mm-hmm. that have great barbecue. That's the thing that be worldwide fans need to realize. Texas is very big on its barbecue. Our barbecue, our high school football, we're very big on that. I can never get into the high school football. Guns, God. Guns, God, and government. I went all Maybe in. Maybe Texas local government. Well, yeah, like the Senate. The Republic of Texas. Like the, like the Galactic Republic. I'm a Texan before I'm an American. I'll say that much. Goddamn right. Cheers, brother. Cheers to that. I'm drinking Coors Life from Colorado. I'm drinking coffee. 
I'm antiquing, right? Which is something we do, right? The, the last place we went was like a thrift store in, in in Lockhart, and they have like VHS tapes, and I didn't even know what the price were, but I knew they were going to be cheap, like a quarter. Yeah, maybe. Okay, so I went up there with two. I was like, I would sift it through them all. I saw a few more that I wanted, but I was like, yeah, what's a VHS tape? Right. Um, I got two. I walked up there with Cyborg with uh, Jean-Claude, Jean-Claude Van, Van Damme, Damme and How to Make a Monster, which is a old, weird, like virtual reality horror sci-fi. Uh, long story short, oh, the, I've seen this. Box, the lady's so. like, that'll be a dollar. No. I was like, I'll be right back. I'm gonna go get a lot more. So I got Lawnmower Man. I got Mind, Body, and Soul, which is another bad '90s. Uh, it's got Wings Hauser with Wings Hauser wow. and Ginger Lynn Allen. Dude, this one right here, this How to Make a Monster looks fucking terrible. It looks like something we would watch on. Not for everyone. Not for everyone. The, the monster looks so dumb. And then the prize possession, a VH copy of Psycho Three, starring Anthony Perkins, un unopened, oh, oh, wow. still it's in the cellophane. Sealed. So you went and you bought some some bad. VHS I gotta dig movies. my uh, VCR out of the garage. Yeah, so that was an interesting story, Bobby. You went antiquing, huh? Yep. That's good. And you got some VHSs. What did your dad say when you showed him the VHSs that you got? He didn't care. I didn't even show him. Um, he doesn't care about any of my interests. That's good. Or my lifestyle. Um, but you know what I want to talk about, Bobby? I want to talk about horror. Horror uh, horror programming on the television. Oh, yes, let's. Yeah, there's, uh, there's definitely... There's a wide variety of, of horror television nowadays. And there has been for a long time. There always has been. Twilight Zone, you know, uh, shit like that. Tales from the Dark Side. The Outer Limits. Outer Twilight Limits. Zone. Yeah. Monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, Tales from the Dark Side. Yeah, Tales, Tales from, from the Crypt. Crypt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're, they're generally hit or miss. The episodes, not the show. Most of the shows are solid. Right. Now, what they've done in more recent years, and I think uh, a lot of this is, is probably spawned from American Horror Story, which I'm a big fan of. Big fan of American Horror Story. Mm. I like it. I like it. I think it's kind of... I really of, loved the first season after that. I was just kind of like, eh. I like the first one. I like the third one. I like like the fifth one. Which one? Wait, which one? Was the third one was the one with the witches? The Coven. I like yes. Coven. I liked uh, Asylum was batshit crazy. The second one was just too crazy. It was so all over the place. I yeah. still liked it. it had, that's the one I got least into, I right. think. There was, uh, there was the one with the, the freak show. Which is pretty cool. Other than the fact you know, I didn't like, they had like they had like Jessica Lang singing David Bowie. That was like my favorite part of that. But it was in nineteen fifty. Like so what? Did, it doesn't matter. It's a artistic license. It doesn't even matter. When when fucking Evan Peters fucking sang Nirvana, I was like, "Fuck you! This isn't fucking Glee." On that <laughs> season, there was a fucking episode where I don't know if I got that far. Yeah, but uh, but uh, but anyway, it's 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 kind of all over the place. You know, it's not like really concise. Um, there's this show I discovered last year on the Sci-Fi Channel called Channel Zero. Now, Channel Zero is similar in theme to the American Horror Story because each season is its own individual story. Doesn't really connect with the other stories in any way, shape, or form. It's an anthology. It's an season antho- exactly, and that's what I was saying. I think American Horror Story kind of started doing that. I don't know if there's sure. any old horror shows. That each season was a whole different story, right? I mean, there probably maybe, but it's almost like what Cloverfield did. What we discussed last episode. Don't yeah. compare this to Cloverfield. But what I'm saying is that format's more prevalent now. Actually, night before last, I watched the first Cloverfield. It was on TV. It wasn't that bad. I'm sure it's fine. I don't want to talk about Cloverfield anymore. Yeah, I, I you do. Find, brought it up. Let me let me say something about American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. It's. I really liked the first season. Legitimately liked the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't watch more than the. First two episodes of the second one. Uh, barely watched Coven. I watched a lot of the Freak Show one. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably tapped out of it by about the fifth or sixth episode. 
and I haven't watched anything since. I watched the first episode of the new one, which was like just kind of a cartoon of everything's going on in the United States right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I could see myself going back to it, but I just haven't. Anyway, American Horror Story, which is fine. I don't have a problem with it. In the same way that Walking Dead is is zombies for the non-zombie fan. I feel right. like American Horror Story is horror in general for the non-horror fan. And people want to talk about how controversial or how provocative or how visceral or how violent or how gory it is. Mm-hmm. But th- those people that are pointing that out is just like, yeah, you've clearly never seen things like Hellraiser 2. Right. Yeah. Or, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, or, exactly. Like, great. Good Good point there. You yeah. Know? Which is fine. It, it, I'm, I'm a proponent of bringing horror. To, I, don't, I don't believe in this hipster mentality of like, everything's got to be my own special thing. I don't want the masses to know about this thing that I really like. Like, who cares? Right? I didn't get mad when everyone was suddenly a zombie fan um, because of The Walking Dead. All that meant to me was like, we're going to have more zombie movies coming out, right? Right. It did run its course. It did get a little tiresome a few years ago. But, you know, if I can talk to my sister, who is not the same as me, about something that we have common interest in now, like zombies, you know, more power to that. Right. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, that was me. Channel Zero. Channel Zero. So, anyways, to go back to American Horror Story, like you were saying, uh, the one with Lady Gaga. That actually made me like Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga is pure talent. Okay. And then the new one with the clowns okay. and the politics. Like, I thought, okay, this is all going to be about clowns. And I'm going to spoil fucking the last season of American Horror Story for you people. Like, the clowns are only like four episodes. Like, maybe five. And then they just like, that, that season just kind of lost it like halfway through. And that's my problem with American Horror Story. That's I, what it does, though. It loses it halfway. It's too much. It's too bloated. They try to take it too far. Right. Channel Zero is a show where each season is six episodes. It's very short. It's very to the point. Every episode has the same director for the whole season. The whole season is one director, the same vision throughout. So obviously they had it planned out. They didn't just like come up with it halfway fucking through. Now, what these stories in Channel Zero come from is something on the internet called Creepypasta. Yeah. Have you ever read any Creepypastas? Of course. They're pretty fucking good. I see now. Now I'm intrigued. Yeah, dude. It's all like, and I've read all the stories. Like I went back and read the ones that are based on the seasons, and it's just like a short little. The story is like a tiny little thing, and then they expanded it. Right. and Took it to a whole. Our new audience level. definitely knows what creepypasta is. Dude, creepypasta is badass. I found myself sitting at work just reading creepypastas mm-hmm. and like giving myself goosebumps. That's where like Slenderman came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things like that. So the first season of Channel Zero is called Candle Cove. And it's about, uh, you haven't seen it, huh? No, this is the first time I'm hearing about this. It's about like this TV show all these kids watched when they were kids, but the parents couldn't see it. And then like 30 years later, stuff starts happening. And there's like giant weird puppets, like the cartoon show, like the kid show is just fucking disturbing looking. And then there's like huge versions of those walking around the real world. It's fucked up. Yeah, dude. It it, it freaked me out. And the second season had that that big guy... uh, that big guy from Michael uh, Clark Duncan? No, 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 not that big. He's got a he's got three he's a bald white guy. He's in everything. Uh, Twisty the Clown from American Horror Story. Oh yeah, that guy. William H. Gacy. William H. Macy? John from M. Fargo. John M. Riley. No, it's neither of those guys. But uh, I know who you're talking about. I don't know his name. In the new season, which just started, has Rutger Hauer. Ooh, I yeah, thought he bro. was dead. No, no. I would love to review The Hitcher on this show, by the yep. way. Anyway, go ahead. Yep, I was just thinking, Rutger Hauer's the shit, man. Blind Fury? Blind, F- I would love oh. to review Blind Fury on this <laughs> Dude, show. we gotta do some, ha- we gotta just have a month of Hauer. <laughs> the month of Rutger. Rutger month. Um, We should do that. So yeah, you know, and you were talking about The Walking Dead. I, uh, I watched it a lot. Mm-hmm. And I got bored with it last season. 
I got bored with it like three seasons ago. I, I actually stopped watching The Walking Dead. I'm probably like 15 episodes behind. I'm just like, eh. Cause, right. Because like the writing, which is like they made the one big bad guy, Negan, and Negan was cool as shit and fun to watch. But everybody else in the show was transformed into a total bitch. It's a good show, but it goes back to what I've said a million times before. Is like at some point, like okay, enough's enough. Like, give me a resolution or an ending, and like right. let's call it good. But as long as there's viewers, they're going to keep making them, and that's fine if you guys want to keep watching it. I'm just like I got other shit to watch. Well, you know? yeah, and my whole problem with The Walking Dead too is like you can watch a se- an episode of season two or season three where there's no zombies in it. And they sing a song to each other to keep themselves uplifted. Like, that was a whole fucking episode. Like, I waited a week to watch that to see them sing a fucking song around a campfire. I don't give a shit. I want to see them get eaten by fucking zombies. But that's the whole thing about Walking Dead. It's not about zombies. It's about the people, which is what most good zombie narratives are about anyway. It's about people and their uh, reactions to those situations. Um, The good thing about zombie movies is the hopelessness of it all. My favorite Walking Dead episode of all barely has any zombies. It's when... Um, Andrew Lincoln's character What's his name uh, I haven't watched it in so long Rick Grimes Rick Grimes And uh, fucking The little boy The little uh, Coral The little kid from Two and a half men Coral Is it the little kid <laughs> no. Okay. no 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 And then uh, What's her name With the samurai swords Michonne Yeah So what's We get to the point Of this, this episode I think I watched this episode With you It's when they go Like just go in On an errand To get supplies uh-huh. And the beginning of it They like they run into these people that need help. They just drive past them like, fuck it. Like, we, we don't have time to help these people. Right. I think this is what happens. And then they go into this house. They find, like, supplies. And then at the end of the episode, they're driving back to uh, their base, their headquarters or whatever. And then those people that they had passed are zombies. And they just, like, shoot them and take their shit. Yeah. I'm like, mm, it's so good. <laughs> It's something like that. We're gonna wait for you to die and get zombified, and then we're gonna take all your supplies. But yeah, I, I just feel like it's it's kind of it's it's not stale. It's just like I don't care anymore. Yeah, you know, it's I'm sure it's fine still. Yeah, compared to a lot of like compared to um uh what's what's a big show right now? Uh, yeah, uh, what is it called? Uh, the one with Howie Mandel where they yeah. like, like is there money in that suitcase? Is there money in that suitcase? <laughs> the uh, let's make a deal. No, no, no. I don't how know to, how to make a millionaire. Yeah, and it's probably around that same. That show's probably that I just mentioned. It's probably not even on the air anymore. But right. that shit's stupid. The voice. Yeah, and like whatever. Like it's not for me. We're in a golden age of television, but we're also in the worst time of television ever because it's either all these great fantastic dramas that are like intriguing and they're like movie quality, right. the Game of Thrones, Fargo, fucking Legion, like, and then there's also reality TV. Right. I mean, you're going to have lowest common denominator and yeah. then highbrow and highbrow, not even highbrow, just like quality. Everything in the middle is just forgettable for the most part. Yeah. Who watches fucking sitcoms anymore? My parents do. Anyway, Patient Zero, is that what it's called? What's Patient Zero? Zero? Patient Zero is the first person that had AIDS. Channel Zero. <laughs> It's not funny. It's, yeah, it's Channel Zero on the Sci-Fi Channel, the third season. And when did this come out? Yeah, it's three years old. They're in their third year. It's like 2016. Okay. Um, I recently discovered something on my Amazon that recommended it to me. There's only one season of it that I found on Amazon. There might be another one afterwards. But anyway, it's a Canadian show. Uh-huh. It's a paranormal investigation show Oh, great! called Knock Knock Ghost. Okay? So the premise is they get this, this like kind of chubby um probably very gay uh-huh. comedian uh-huh. he kind of looks like an overweight louis ck okay only a little more flamboyant huh. and then they get his like skinny sassy gay um counterpart 
sidekick, right, right. and a real life psychic. It's called Knock Knock Ghost. This sounds great. It's amazing. Really? It's on. It it feels like a Christopher Guest style mockumentary, but it's like they just fuck. Like it's so goddamn. Do they funny. find any ghosts? No, some crazy shit happens in a lot of the episodes, and I don't. I always take that with a grain of salt in general. But it's not even about. The but as gun. long as it's being funny. It's that's so the, that's funny. The I have with like the ghost adventures, they try to take it so seriously. I'm right. Like, I'm not going to fucking see anything in this episode. Right. I mean, that's it's just another layer of entertainment because he's just like walking around with the uh, the museum. Uh, what are they called? Uh, Curator curators or like the people that give tours of these places. Tour guides. And they're just like they're just like yeah. And then in 1816, uh, the the woman in white like died right. And he's just the like, lady in white. No. Died right here in the and then the guy's just like oh my like he does these like like cartoonishly gay reactions right but it's all like wink wink at the camera right and the guy's totally agnostic about it he doesn't know one way or the other and then you have his his like skinnier like oh my god like oh my god oh my god like that guy okay it's like I am so scared right now <laughs> like that kind of shit and when they do these and then when they do the um. Like the little interviews between the actual ghost the investigators. Vignettes? Yeah, sure. I don't know. Like the camera's like r- really close up on their face. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it's just like this dude's face taking up your entire TV screen. <laughs> and he's just like talking about these ghosts. It's so fucking funny, dude. All right. Knock, knock, ghost. Knock, knock, ghost. It's Canadian. That's why I'd never heard of it. It probably came out three years ago. Canadian's funny, man. Dude. Trailer Park Boys? Yes. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yes. Rush. It's very dry too. I could see someone watching Knock Knock Ghost and not realizing it was a comedy, but then they'll do things like they'll dress up the skinny gay guy as like a woman from colonial times to try to like summon the ghost and stuff. It's so goddamn hilarious. It's like my favorite new show. I plowed through all of them in like a day. Wow. All right. I watched that. But let's talk about something that we've both watched recently. You know, we're big fans of Netflix, taking away from the fact that uh, we, what you just said, the television's garbage now. However, it's also good in uh-huh. its various contexts. Uh-huh. Movies are <laughs> debatable, right. um, theatrically released. But Netflix redeemed themselves from that Cloverfield pile of uh mediocrity hey listen i'll tell you something when it's come to netflix original horror i've yet to be let down all those movies we talked about before the stephen king movies the fucking the ghost movies that i watch there's a bunch of good fucking netflix horror movies and now what netflix is doing is like the whole cloverfield thing they're just picking up movies that got shelved that right. the studios won't release because they don't think it'll make any fucking money but it's a good movie and they're it, just seeing what happens yeah and it might not fucking be a huge like Horror movies, you have to make a certain amount of money for it to fucking be profitable, I suppose. Right? I'm all for that. It's almost like wide-release studios are, like, the whole the gun process shy. is, like, fixing itself through Netflix. Like, right. if you want to make the argument, the wide-release studio movies are just homogenized and horrible and, like, too honed in with the numbers. They don't take any risks. They just want to make money. Fine. Right. Um, you can easily make that argument. But but Netflix is fixing all that. Correction happening. But, right. Happening? happening with mark Wahlberg? no <laughs> no just just fucking whatever so we watch the ritual it's been gutted could be hunters out here or bait possibly or it's the bit they don't show you in the nature documentary it's a warning we shouldn't be here where the hell are we huts we should pitch the tents this is ridiculous man Luke, you're getting soaked. You hear that? No, I didn't hear anything. Come on. (sighs) 
The Ritual. I watched it uh, before I, you watched it. I, I recommended it to you multiple times. Are we going to spoil this movie? No, we don't have to spoil it, but I just want to highly recommend it. I was very impressed. I think it's, I know it's still early in the year. I find it to be the best horror movie of 2018 that I've seen. To be fair, I haven't seen very many. In a many. month and a half of 2018. Well, it's also probably the only Bobby's one I've choice seen. choice for the best horror film of the year. Um, div- directed by David Bruckner, who did The Signal, which is very uh, overlooked. I don't know if I saw um, that Southbound, one. things like that. But it's it's super character driven. It's uh-huh. it's uh, yeah yeah it totally is. It's super character driven. It's it, the characters are well developed and well written. Right. Um, it deals with themes of guilt and fear. Uh-huh. It's legitimately scary, which yeah. is rare these days, especially for someone like you or I. I yeah. think. But I, I find it to be a mix of uh, the descent mixed with a um, uh, little bit of the Wicker Man with, uh, and some pumpkin head in there too. And Cloverfield Paradox. No, <laughs> no. Other than the fact that there's like Europeans in it. Okay, that's where I was going with that. <laughs> totally. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see the Wicker Man. I could see the pumpkin head bit. Yeah, I could definitely see the descent. But and there's that's no the, reason to spoil either. The first five minutes, I'm like, this is the descent with dudes. That's kind of what I felt. The the, dy- the dynamic is similar. Remember when I texted you three minutes into the movie? <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, wow, this is... I'm like, how far are you? are like, three minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking good, isn't it? <laughs> so check out The Ritual if you haven't already. Check out The Ritual on Netflix now, streaming <clears throat> as part of your paid service to them. Give Netflix your money, folks, and they'll keep throwing shit on your screen. You know what it's time to do? What's that, Bobby? It's time to go to the news. Now, I know we generally talk about horror or movies in general horror. or weird entertainment forms, sure. but and I'm I know you like ghosts. Big fan of the supernatural. I'm a big fan. My number one, as some of you may know. If you listen to this, you probably know is the old Alma, aka the Sasquatch, aka the Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Or the Yeti, depending on what part of the planet you're on. Crestline woman says she saw Sasquatches. Plural, mind you. Sasquatches. Wow. In Lake Arrowhead, comma, sues state to get species recognized. She's suing the state of California? I guess so. That's what the article says. I saw it with my own two eyes. You better make it a real species. It's endangered. Yes. Yeah. Something like that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The news. It was dusk. Between 6.30 and 7 p.m. on March 27th, to be exact. Okay, so I guess this was... This was between 6.30 and 7 p.m., to be exact. When was this? I don't fucking know. You found it. I ran into him, a Bigfoot. We were face-to-face. He was 30 feet up in the tree. Wait, the Bigfoot was in a fucking tree? Yeah, you didn't know Bigfoots could climb trees? He looked like a Neanderthal man with hair all over him. He, He had solid black eyes. He had no expression on his face at all. He did not show his teeth. He just stared at the three of us, said Ackley. She said she made a howling whoop, and the creature in the tree reacted by mocking back and forth, shaking Rocking. Rocking? I'm reading this from a distance. That's when Ackley told her daughters to turn and slowly walk away. This is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and I think so too, because... And I started whooping at it, and he started shaking them trees and Let's do a bibliography real quick. This is according to uh, the Press Enterprise, which is pe.com, p.com. 
This woman sees a Bigfoot. She's with her children. Okay. And then they decide to whoop at it. Whoop! A reasonable person whoop. in a state of... Uh, whoop! A, of confused fear would get the fuck out of there. Typically it doesn't flight. matter if it's a buck I mean, flight or a bear. Or, flight or fight. Or know? a leprechaun. Like most people are going to run. Like I'm going to get a rock. I'm going to start trying to fucking peg that Sasquatch out the tree. I'm going to go fight mode. I will fight a fucking Bigfoot. That's when Ackley told her daughters to turn and slowly walk away. She said her youngest daughter, who shot video of the alleged encounter on her phone, later told her mother she saw two other similar creatures on the ground running away upon their approach. Okay, so not just one in the trees, but yeah. two other similar creatures. You see that over there? That's a pack of Bigfoot right here. You look over there, that's a whole other mess of Bigfoot. That there, that blank spot, that bark spot, that's Bigfoot. Bigfoots are nowhere, but they're also everywhere. <laughs> After being what? told by insistent forest rangers they had seen a bear and believing she would never be taken seriously by anyone in an official capacity, Ackley, a Bigfoot enthusiast and research more than 20 years. She's already got Bigfoot on the brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, you see a Bigfoot in anything. I want it to be real so bad. Where's the video? Let's watch but the video. there's just so much bullshit. I'll get to the video. Okay. Have you I'll watched, get to the video. Okay. Have you watched this video yet? I've watched the video. <laughs> I didn't even read the article before I watched it. <laughs> How many times did you watch the video, Bobby? It, that's, that's what's very disappointing about it. It's, in, in, the, in the Bigfoot world, they call it a blob squatch. It means uh, video or photo footage where it just looks like a blurry, like could be anything. Right. And I want to make a quick public service. I want to make a movie called Blob Squatch. It's a cross between the blob and, and a Sasquatch. Or like uh, Mitch Hedberg said, uh, I think Bigfoot is blurry. That's the problem. <laughs> and to me, that's more terrifying. <laughs> yeah. You got a big out-of-focus monster roaming the countryside. <laughs> that is kind of scary. You never really see him in, in, for reals. A Bigfoot enthusiast and researcher of more than 20 years teamed up with documentary filmmaker Todd Standing, who, by the way, is a notorious hoaxer in the Bigfoot community. Okay. Um, the man behind the Netflix Discovering Bigfoot film, which I definitely watched, um, <laughs> and sued the state of uh, in, sued the state in San Bernardino Superior Court on January 18th. Wow. Okay. Legal action aside, and all that shit, whatever. It that's, all that's the boring shit. part. It all sounds, sounds quack. I watched the video. Uh -huh. Okay. Can we can we make a public? Can we start teaching this to children? Let's teach our children when recording Bigfoots uh -huh. to tilt their camera. In widescreen mode. Right. Stop with this pan and scan bullshit. Gotcha. Because it looks like crap. You're on an iPhone in general. Not the best camera. I not. It's one. just not the best camera. Right. And I always make the joke like a Bigfoot. So I was like, oh, they've got an iPhone. Like, <laughs> we're fine. We're fine. Play the video. I mean, playing the video is gonna be kind of worthless, but I want to see, see the you video. react to it. I just want to see the video. I swear to God, Mom. So you you just watched the video. There, you could see nothing. You could see nothing. 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 And I'm not saying that. Oh, God. That widescreen is going to improve quality, but it's the best we got. You can see nothing. She said it was orangutan colored. There was nothing orange in that picture. Nothing. Oh, yeah. I mean, thanks, Apple. Orangutans are orange. Okay. No, but um, to be fair, um, a lot of Bigfoot reports have to do with like an orangey brown color, right. similar to an orang orangutan. Yeah, that you just can't see. But I just, it just, I, again, I want it to be really, I just smell bullshit. 
There's so much. There's so much uh, fuckery afoot. Yeah, if she's been a Bigfoot enthusiast and researcher for twenty years, she's gonna see whatever she wants to see. They say one of the issues with uh, capturing these things on film is like you are in fight or flight mode, like you mentioned. You're yeah. ready to like, nope, fuck this. I don't want to record this. I want to preserve yeah, right. my life. No, I want to stab it. I don't know, man. I'm going straight into fight mode if I see Bigfoot. Like I'm so fifty fifty on Bigfoot. It's not even funny. Mm-hmm. But lately, I'm just like. He walks just a little bit off the ground. He walks a little off the ground. <laughs> that's why he never leaves tracks in And snow. then that's the problem, too. You throw in the uh, interdimensional camp. I mean, hey, you get interdimensional with it. They could be walking in and out of wormholes anytime you want. I've seen Stranger Things. I know what's going on. There's yeah. a whole upside down. It could be chock full of Bigfoots for all we fucking know. For all we know, Paul Reiser is a Bigfoot in an alternate dimension. Yep. It's totally possible. All totally possible. Paul Reiser's a Bigfoot in a alternate dimension. Yeah, <laughs> that could be the title for this one. Yes. <laughs> yes. You read my mind. Uh-huh, because the alternate dimension Bigfoot you told me, it whispered it in my ear. So, so, yeah. I heard you had a very interesting Trump card show recently. Um, is, is, is so, it, is on it that time? note, I think it's time is to it go time? to, let's go to Adam's Corner. <laughs> Here we go. We're in Adam's Corner now. So yeah, Trump Cards had a pretty eventful uh, last couple weeks. Uh, we played last night, which is a hell of a show. Can I say one thing? Um, if we have any new listeners, Trump Card is a satirical parody Donald Trump-themed punk rock band that Adam's in. We're right. a shock rock punk band that dresses like Nazis and sings like we're Donald Trump. Yes. It's a lot of fun. So I uh, had a good show last night. It was a burlesque show slash Trump card show the night before last or whatever. I was two different clowns the other night. Ooh. But this is not my Adam's Corner. My Adam's Corner is about my experience at an establishment in San Marcos. Now, don't say the name of it. Fine. So we got booked to do a birthday show for one of our friends, our friend Amy. Amy's amazing. And her and some other guy that knows people I know, they have the same birthday. So they want to have a birthday bash. And uh, they both love Trump cards. They wanted us to... Don't fucking tell me to hurry it up, mister. I'm going to talk about fucking Sasquatch for 17 goddamn minutes, you fucking prick. Anywho, so... (laughs) I'm not talking right now. Hurry up, Adam. Fucker. So anywho, we we get this show. And um, we were kind of iffy about the show in the first place because it was at like a family restaurant slash sports bar. And I'm like, that's... That's really not the the venue for Trump card to be playing. I would agree. Not really the venue we're looking for. And that's a res- reasonable reason to step down from that gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were like, eh. And then uh, we got a lot of shows coming up. I was like, I don't give a fuck. It's for Amy. Let's do it. And then uh, a day before the show, the promoter guy, whose birthday it was too, he's like, hey, y'all can't wear your armbands. And I was like... Which, for the record, are not actual swastikas. They're like tees. In a circle. In a circle that kind of resemble a swastika. Right. It's it's the ironic point of it. Right. Know? And so they said no armbands. I said, fuck this. Mm-hmm. We've already done a show with no armbands. Rightfully so. And uh, you know what? We're a parody fucking shock rock theatrical fucking experience. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a point to all of it. If we don't have the armbands, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. And to be fair, you guys trigger warning before and then Bill goes on his wonderful speech at mm-hmm. the end and it's it's condemning the whole authoritarian mindset of, of leaders like Donald Trump. Granted, my uh, my disclaimer at the beginning is highly offensive. It is that. <laughs> it is a very offensive but, disclaimer. But it sets the right expectation, and it, it does imply that, hey, this is not for everyone sensitive millennial types. <laughs> hey, this is Adam's Corner. Shut up. 
So uh, we start to play. We get there, right? And now here's the other thing. They wanted us to play at 9.30 at night on a fucking Friday night at a goddamn, or a Saturday night at a fucking family restaurant. I'm like, people are going to be trying to eat their fucking burgers and fries with their kids, and they're going to have fucking Trump card fucking singing. You should try to get booked at like an Applebee's or a Chili's or a Pizzeria Uno. Shoney's. A Red Robin. Just do like a, pull a head. Shoney's. Pull a I don't think that exists anymore. They're totally Shoney's. I saw Shoney's the other day. Oh, let me hurry. Let me let me get on with it, Bobby. Let get me, on with it. You know, when you're talking, I'm just like, yeah, uh-huh. All right. all right, this bit has run its course with this whole thing. Go. No, it's true. Fuck you, Bobby. It's fucking true. It's not a bit. It's your fucking prick is what it is. <laughs> God damn it. So anyway, before the show, the manager comes up to Bill when he mm-hmm. gets there and is like, hey, so tonight um, you can't wear your armbands and uh, try to keep it down and no cussing. And Bill's like, hey, we're not doing this fucking show. Right. You do not know what we so are. So you guys voluntarily, on two degrees, did, like, were iffy at first, and they were like, no, we're not doing we're it. We're like, no, we're not doing it. And the manager's like, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. You just go up there and do your thing. Everything's going to be fine. So the manager of the restaurant, of the establishment, convinced Bill to have us play. And so like, okay. And I was already in a pissy mood that day, and I got there like before we played, and you know, I didn't want to do this because I want to wear my armband. And so I wore my armband and uh, we started to do the intro and shit. And like the promoter guy starts walking on stage saying no armbands. I'm like, all right, let's do this. And I just fucking started, just went into it. It's punk as fuck. It's so fucking punk. And then uh, we got, you know, first song where we do Hile to the Chief. We got to a couple songs and then we got to grab him by the pussy. We played that song. That's up there with uh, the girl from Imparada and Let It Be, American Pie by Don McLean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, it's one of those songs. Yeah, yeah it's a, you can listen, actually watch the video of that whole song. Nights in White Satin. Right, it's on YouTube right now. Go, just Google Grab by the Pussy, Trump Card. So uh, we start playing, and then I noticed like halfway through the song, like the lights turned out, like the lights above the stage. And I'm like, huh, that's weird. And so we just kept going and grabbed by the pussy when the guitar solo happens. I jump out around the crowd and start just like acting like I'm simulated grabbing of all the la- oh, ladies. Oh, God. It's a show, man. It's a show. Yeah. And so I get back on stage and we're screaming along and then more lights go off. And then all the power on the stage turns off. The fucking manager pulled the fucking plug on us. Four songs in. And the thing is with Trump Card, like if you only get the first four songs... You're going to think, holy shit, this is the most horrible, offensive thing in the world. Yeah. Like, you got to get to the end right. to really get it. You like know? I said, Bill's speech at the end gave me chills. Right, right. And so we got pulled off stage, and I was you know, I was really respectful about it. You know how I am, um, especially when I'm a clown. The The promoter walked on stage, and I screamed at the top of my lungs because there's no microphone. Next time, don't fucking book us! And then stormed off stage um, in a tizzy. It's just also unnecessary. It was because it was it was punk rock as fuck. I'm all me. anti-censorship. I'm it was punk I'm rock. all for free speech, all that shit, okay? But I'm also for an establishment being able to decide what can perform and what can't inside of their step, their private establishment, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is the 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 icing on this shitty situation is the fact that you guys did not go in there blind right. and neither did the establishment. Right. We didn't try to trick you our way You set on there. expectations. Right. You said this is what we do. You volunteered and said, then we're not going to do it. Right. They convinced you to do it anyway, 
And then pulled the plug. And then pulled the plug. I have a problem with that. And then they went on Facebook that night, uh-huh. and they wrote a post that said, uh, there was a band that played tonight whose political views did not line up with that of the establishment. And it said, uh, you know, they did not line up with the views of the establishment. They were censored and subsequently removed from stage. We are sorry if anyone was offended. That's what they said in their little thing. And then all the comments on it were people talking shit to the bar. It's disgusting. Like nobody was like, well, good for you. They were like, well, why the fuck are you going to put somebody on stage and then turn them off? Like, right. People are like, we know who these guys are. Like, That's what I'm saying. You're fucking assholes for taking them off stage. It was, a, it was a shit show. It was a real shit show, Bobby. And then you know what they did? They deleted that. They deleted that post. Now, there was one particular comment in that Facebook thread that I screenshotted okay. that I found very hilarious. Yeah, let's hear it. So here's, here's a comment I read on that Facebook thread that made me laugh out loud, mm-hmm. literally. <laughs> I let the clown, but clown is an emoji. Clown it's emoji. not the word clown. <laughs> I let the clown, which is you, I let the clown from Trump card into my house one time. He drank all my root beer and ate all my pizza. First of all, who, what grown man has root beer in his house? Is this a true story? Then he put his feet on my table. So I pulled the proverbial plug on him that night. I now know that I share the same views with the establishment. establishment. Um, so hopefully I can put on a First Amendment tiki torch carrying abortion hating party fundraiser at the establishment. I'll supply all the beer, beer pong supplies, and MAGA hats. I don't know what that last part is about. I don't MAGA know, hats? I don't know if he was defending you or condemning you. Make America great again? No, I know, no, I know that. But like, I, I was like, Make okay, America so he's talking again. shit about you and what you did at his house. You went to his house and was obviously very obnoxious. But to be fair, you're a, a, a man clown that's in a... I will drink all your fucking root beer. I will eat all your fucking pizza, and I'll put my feet wherever the goddamn. I mean, you should know what you're getting into. Letting the clown from Trump card into your house. By pure coincidence, Uh um, you picked this film we're watching. Right. Um, We didn't know it going in, but the 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 trends do not lie. Lady in White. Lady in White. From what year? 1988. I, I. You told me we're watching this movie. I've never seen it. You recommended it. It's kind of a um, kids' horror movie from the 80s. And um, I was doing a little research before I watched it. And I was like, God damn, 1988's at it again. At it again, dude. We've got a thing with 1988. So, yeah, this movie, I haven't watched it in a long time. We're about to go watch a movie. This is one of the ones that, like, uh, it really it really affected me as a child. I remember a lot about this movie. I don't remember everything. But it's one that's just always, like, been in the back of my head since I was a, a youngster. Now, I did watch most of this movie the other night. And I'm, uh-huh. I have to say this... IMDb description's a little inaccurate, but go ahead and read it anyway. An author tells the story of how, as a young boy growing up in a 1960s small town, he was haunted after witnessing the murder of a little girl. It's 1962. It's Halloween. I wish I was as weird as you. Thanks. There's nothing wrong with the town of Willow Point Falls. But a powerful imagination can't cure. Mr. Baby's man. 
London Bridge crumpled under the monster's huge lizard feet. That's impossible. Or is it? But this time, it's not make-believe. <laughs> no, it was too dark. I couldn't see his face. This time, it's serious, deadly serious. I'm telling you, that doesn't matter. This case has been making monkeys out of all of us for the past 10 years. And strange, very strange, for you have seen a girl. There was a little girl. I saw her. She was killed in the cloakroom. A girl who wants you to find her killer. Will you help me? You have just one hope to solve the mystery. Sometimes when someone dies violent, they can't rest in peace. To stop the evil. Where are you going? I gotta follow her. To save your life. I'm here, child. Open the door. Say your prayers. Lady in white. You all right? Mm-hmm. You okay, Bobby? I think that there's some childhood nerves that were touched from watching that film, Bobby. Adam. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Good choice. Not huh? a good choice of movie. 1988's Lady in White, uh-huh. or as I like to call it, the unassuming child's fever-induced nightmare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, here's, here's my, uh, my, my one-liner. Uh, Are you crying right now? I'm crying. <laughs> Here's my one-liner box art <laughs> review. Let's hear it. You've never seen a movie quite like this. That, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> it's it's pretty, cliche, but it's very it's accurate that, in this case. Like I told you, I saw this movie when I was like 9 or 10, and it has like haunted my dreams since then. I can completely... I'm a grown-ass man. This is going to haunt my <laughs> yeah. dreams. It's always in the and back of my mind Again, somewhere. it's so unassuming. I'm just like, oh, this is just like a, one of those kids' horror movies like uh, Watcher in the Woods or right. you know those Disney ones. So I'm thinking that the whole time, and I'm like, why the fuck did Adam recommend we watch this movie? I was like, what is this? Yeah. And it looks vaguely familiar, but I was still like, I've never seen this. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of slow and weird. And then, holy moly, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph yeah. is, a, is a line they use a lot. They do use that a lot. Okay, let me. Don't take the Lord's name Let me amend it real quick. Uh-huh. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. You've never seen a movie quite like this. <laughs> Lady in White, people. It's a good one. It's a classic from 1988. I um I really liked it. I, I, I'm watching it now because I haven't seen. I mean, again, this was all through a veil of nostalgia seeing this movie because when I was a kid, I would uh, have a Showtime or whatever, and me and my older brother we would take a VHS tape, and this is what you did in the '80s, and you had three speeds on a VHS tape. You could have really high quality and have one two-hour movie, or shitty quality and three two-hour movies. Mm-hmm. So we went with the shitty quality and the more movies, obviously. Mm-hmm. And this was on one of the tapes that I had. For whatever reason, fucking Lady in White got recorded, and I watched this shit quite a bit. Yeah, I had yeah. tapes like that, too. Yeah. I think I had one that was Beetlejuice, The Princess Bride, and Cujo. This might have been on the same tape as Baron Munchausen. Ooh, that's an odd pairing. That is an odd pairing. So what reminded me of this is, for whatever reason, I heard that song. That song made me remember this movie, because anytime I hear that song, Have you ever seen a dream walking? Well, I did. Bing Crosby, right? That fucking song. Okay. I was going to save this point to the end. And we will get to what this movie's about. Yeah. But have you ever been so wasted 
that you're at that point where you, you're on your bed, but you got like one leg on the on the carpet mm-hmm. hanging off the bed, trying to make the room to stop spin, while you're simultaneously trying to focus on breathing. Yeah. Have you ever been that wasted? Yeah, where you like have to wait, push your head back and forth, like from side to side, just to just make yeah to maintain with the curve of your or just to like try to yeah exactly yeah. try to make the room stop spinning by trying to walk in the other direction. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what happens to me in those situations, which is rare, uh-huh. especially nowadays. Um, Mainly when you were a child, right? When I was drunk and child. When I was the age of this child from this movie, <laughs> which is about nine and drunk. But anyway, um, whenever that happens to me, a lot of times when I'm breathing, the breathing's very rhythmic. It makes me, um, it makes me kind of almost have like a beat in my head. Mm-hmm. And then the song I heard earlier that day p- will play over and over and over until it drives you fucking insane. So it's a lot of Milli Vanilli. When you're drunk. A lot of Milli Vanilli, a lot of Bananarama. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, of course... Kajagugu? Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> and then Joni Mitchell. Oh. If I were to happen to get super that wasted this evening, mm-hmm. that song would be the one that would loop in my head and uh, drive me insane. Did you ever hear a dream talking? Well, I did. Oh my god! This movie is disturbing. It's fucking okay. disturbing. It's made for children. It seems like it's made for children. It's not made for children. Okay, I have something that you're going to be conflicted on in a second. Let's hear it. It is made for children. It's it's PG thirteen, mm-hmm. which still, I mean, and this is still pretty fucking heavy. We'll get there. But uh, some heavy themes. Do you understand who the director is? No. The director is Frank Lalagia. Who's Frank Lalagia? Or Lalagia. Lalogia. The only other recognizable movie, because I think he only directed three movies. Uh-huh. That he did was a film you and I have watched. Okay. And you and I both hated it. What? Fear No Evil. What? Yes. That one? That awful, awful film we watched was the same director. Whoa, shit. (laughs) Now, this movie, when I watched it now again, I'm like, yeah, that that was a fucked up movie for me to be watching when I was a kid. Which one was first? This or, 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 or? Oh, definitely Fear No Evil. Dude, Fear No Evil. Can we not go into that? Never. Uh, um, okay, yeah, he directed Fear No Evil, Lady in White, and then another, like, quote, video called Mother, which is probably, okay, it looks like it's a shitty horror film from the 90s. Did he write this movie, too? I he did write this he movie. Wow, wow. He wrote this movie. And he is a troubled soul. He is a very disturbed individual. Yes. Yeah, listen, to hop into Fear No Evil real quick, it's about like a demonic possession movie. It was kind of along the times of like The Exorcist was big, I guess. And it's just got some really underlying, creepy undertones of like sexuality and um, right. and dog I'm, murder. I'm and, fine with all those things in a movie, but it's not a good film. Not in that way. Not anyway, that let's talk about this fucking Masterpiece. Mind-blowing opus. Monsterpiece. Again, you've never mm-hmm. seen a movie quite like this. That's, that's true. That's true. Let's get to it. You want to hear what it's about? Okay. So the movie starts. This is what it's about. There's this writer, okay, and he's getting off a plane. He's a really Stephen king seaman writer. He gets in a cab off the airport, and the cabbie recognizes him automatically. He's like, hey, small town boy made big. Let's go where you need to go. I'll take you wherever you need to go. And he says, take me to the cemetery. And so they get out of the cemetery. For whatever reason, the cab driver gets out of the cab and walks with the guy to the freaking gravestones he was going to look at. I, fa- I, I noticed that, too. I found that very 
odd. It was very odd enough. So the cab driver follows him into the cemetery. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, asking a cab driver to stop at a cemetery is weird enough as it is. Right. You might think that they're like emotionally on some crazy, I got to check out a grave because yeah, I'm asking yeah. a cab driver to drop me off at the cemetery. But then the cab driver, this is pretty presumptuous, Adam. The cab driver gets out of the car and follows him to the grave so he can grieve with a cab driver. Yeah, you know, if, uh, if an Uber driver ever did that, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. If, 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 a, if a cab driver did it, I'd say, I'd say, I'd say, hey, can you give me a moment? Go, go fix your credit card machine or something, because we know those are always broken. This is why Uber's putting you out of business. You don't let people grieve. Yeah, you know, you don't let people grieve, cabbies. So anyways, then the story switches gears, and the main character becomes this old Italian man, and he likes to sneak off and smoke cigarettes. But there's, <laughs> there's a whole opening intro montage, montage before we get to all that. Okay, starts the montage. It's the 1960s, somewhere outside of New York City, and there's an Italian family living there where the paterfamilias is an old man who likes to sneak around smoking cigarettes and his wife doesn't want to. But this, to. this movie has some beautiful, fantastic, quintessential bicycle around the small town music. It does. It really does. And there's a scene, it's a quick one in this montage, where um, the lady at the local diner is like cleaning up the slop. There's so much food for everybody. There's too many people here. And then she walks outside and, and feeds it to a bunch of... Cats. No, stray dogs. Were they stray dogs? They were stray dogs. Was it the stray dogs that she fed? Yeah. And, and am I alone in this? Because every time I see dogs in a film from like the 80s or 90s, the first thought I have is, those dogs are long dead now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those dogs are fucking dead as shit. I don't enjoy that thought, but that's the thought I have. I'm going to take more pleasure in watching 80s movies now. That dog's dead. That dog's dead. I love dogs. That one's dead. I love dogs a lot. Well, there was more than just that with the dogs in it because there's a beginning, this bicycle montage, and the kid's riding his bike, his older brother's riding the bike too. These are both the grandchildren of the main character, the cigar-smoking grandpa. And uh, as they're biking through town, apparently a bunch of stray dogs start chasing them. And they go through all these wacky, zany situations. They drive through a lady's front yard. They say, hi, Miss Lady. And Miss Lady starts spraying one of the kids with a hose. For no reason. He didn't mind. It's like a cold fucking it's winter day. It's a wacky 60s. Is it the 50s or 60s? It was the 60s, I think. Yeah, early 60s. And then they drive Mad through. Man. They drive uh, crossways through the middle of oncoming traffic where there's four cars coming. And then the four cars stop. And then the next bike comes. They start going again. They stop. And then they start going again. The dogs come. There's a dog pack chase them. And they stop. And then all the cars wreck. It's one of those types of scenes where like, you see a car or a, a bicycle drive by like the neighbor. And the neighbor's outside in like, one of those little hats with mm-hmm. the... Um, with the wife beater on, and he's holding... Spaghetti. No, he's holding a hose, and he's watering his plants, right? And the kids drive by, and they're like, Hi, Mr. Johnson. And then um, the guy's like, Hi, boys. And he like turns with the hose in his mm-hmm. hand and gets water all over the windows. That yeah. doesn't happen in this movie, but that's the kind yeah, of montage. It doesn't happen in real life, but that's, kind of, that's exactly the kind of montage it was. And then, and then they uh, there's, there's another little another little gag here with the bicycles. There's a bunch of there's a nun and a bunch of little kids walking down the street, and they're on the sidewalk. And the bicyclers, instead of going around them, they make the uh, they they part the Red Seas as Moses would, and the Italian school children walk to each side and let the bicycles go right between them. They do it twice, and then the stray dogs try to get through, and the wicked looking nun turns and give the dog an evil look, and they run away. Look, that was God. 
this is all within the first seven minutes that of the was film. God, right there. Yeah, and we got another one ten to go. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so then uh, you know, and before all this, it shows our our harrowing hero, uh, Grandpa. Uh, cigarette smoker, and he, uh, he, I guess his last name is Scarlatti, right? Something like that. Papa Scarlatti. Yeah, Papa and Mama. And then he, like, he, he has a cigarette, and Mama sees it, so he drops it, and it falls in his pant leg, and he's like, "I'm on a fire." There's, there's this long. It's we- a me on it's, a fire. It's like the strangest comic relief of any film yeah. I've ever seen. There's some weird because there's such dark them. themes in this film involving children, mm-hmm. and then we have these slapstick bits in between of the. Italian immigrant grandmother and grandfather <laughs> bumbling bumbling around trying to get the grandfather not to smoke cigarettes anymore. He's like, a cigarette ain't going to kill me. You are going to kill me. And this is sporadically through um, racism, murder, child molestation, <laughs> ghosts. And you're like, what? what? Yeah. But, but let me ask you this, Adam. Yeah. The grandmother to me uh-huh. um, looked a little bit like one of our heroes, Mr. Giorgio... Sukalos from Ancient Aliens. I think it was. I was going to ask you. Yeah. Let's hear it. Can you do an impression of an old Italian grandma <laughs> making a case for the ancient alien theory? <coughs> Let me see. Let me see here. So the, uh, the, the meatball recipe that we bring it to you is a very, very nice meatball recipe. It came from a very far off place. The men are from the space that they came and they came with your grandmother and they say, listen, Mama Italia, we know that you make a good meatball, but you need a little extra spice. And they gave me the dust from the moon. And then they impregnated me. We have a whole family now. But these are space balls. That's why I call them the space balls. Because of the extraterrestrials. The crystal skulls. You know, it's like that movie with Sheila Booth. And then the crystal skulls. They come down, Indiana Jones. I don't fucking know, but these are good meatballs. You don't get eat it. I might put a horse head in your bed. Insane. <laughs> that's uh, that's that was amazing. It didn't sound like a grandma, but it's possible. No, that did sound like a did grandma. Okay. An ancient alien, th- uh, an ancient astronaut theorist contending grandma well this lady apparently has moon dust in her meatballs and was impregnated by aliens but so but in all seriousness just to give you a more conventional description of this woman um Giorgio Sukalos without a beard but she's definitely the type of old grandma that would hang out of a like a dutch double door window and like dust the uh the dirt off of an old I mean, rug. the first scene it shows her she's hanging stuff up on a clothesline yeah you know i will say this like all the parents of the children were really old they're really old parents. Well, one of the parents was the dad from the Wonder Years, and I got to say, it's really weird to see that guy play someone that's not an old crotchety curmudgeon that is too young to be an old crotchety he curmudgeon. He was a nice guy in this film. He's a great. He's like one of the only positive characters he in this was, film. There were positive characters, but he's also some, kind of a shitty father because what happens next? So what happens? Is little Frankie, the youngest of the Scarlatti bunch. Uh, and this is a fucking sad movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So fucking Frankie Scarlatti, who's our protagonist, right? He's a he's a little ten year old kid, and his mom died, right? Played by the kid from uh, Witness, Lucas Haas, or as I like to call him, Human Feifel, <laughs> from American Story. So, uh, so he's uh, his mom's dead, and he has the, he shows the scene about the dream he has, and his mom's like makes him a jacket, and he's all happy and. He's like, never leave me. And she's like, why would I ever do that? And then he flashes back to remembering being at the funeral and that she's dead. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, when I was a kid, this movie had to have fucked me up. Oh, this (laughs) movie can explain, like, 
80% of your character, Adam. The <laughs> this, rest is like killer cons from outer space <laughs> and, um, and like uh, uh, steak fingers. I love steak fingers. Steakums is what I like to call them. So little Frankie Scarlatti, uh, he, uh, he gets locked in the cloakroom by some of his buddies who aren't really his buddies. They were dicks. Now, one of those kids, that one of his buddies, that was that was one of Kurt Russell's kids from Overboard. Really? It certainly The little was. ginger boy? Yeah. Yeah, he no, was No, great. no, no. The, the, the other the, one. The blonde one. The little blonde Okay, so I want to talk about this dynamic for a second. Yeah. This kid gets locked into the coat room at his school yeah. by his, uh, by clearly bullies. Yeah. However, when he approaches them, you think that they're friends. And I got to say, that's a pr- actually a pretty realistic depiction of that age. Yeah, yeah, bullies. Because I bullies. definitely, I wasn't always the bully, but I wasn't always the... Nice you, one either. The, yeah, uh, you know. It's, sometimes you're a real prick. Well, I mean, like boys nowadays. will be boys kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I definitely haven't grown out of it, one could argue. But um, I, I've definitely been in situations where I could relate to that kid where you're like, oh, those are the neighborhood kids. I'm going to go play with them and hang out with them and act like everything's cool. And then they just start saying awful things to you and lock you in a fucking coat closet. They lock him in a coat closet. And even after all this happens, he goes back to hanging out with those kids. Later on, he's like, I'm okay, just like, it's fine. Come on, let's learn your lesson, boy. Well, let's tell you what happens in the cloak room. Mm-hmm. So he's in the cloak room, right? And then uh, he has that, 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 that fever dream about his dead mother. And then he's sitting there weeping. And then he sees a, a cold wind. He feels a cold wind blow through there. And a little creepy... Red-headed ghost girl comes walking in singing, and she's talking about some. She's talking to somebody, and then she goes in there. She's singing that "Ever Seen a Dream Walking" song, <laughs> and she's having a conversation with somebody that you can't see. And then the person she's having a conversation with starts to choke her and murder her. And she's like, "I want my mommy now, mommy!" And it's a creepy effect because it's just the girl, and like you can see her flailing around, and it's like they cut out the person that was fucking strangling in her it's fucked up and this is lit like an 80s child's movie yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i wonder what the marketing was for it because it is fucking crazy dark i wonder if the guy who made this is in jail i fucking seriously hope so. After seriously this yeah. and fear, fear no, no evil, evil. Uh, this, that guy is psychotic yeah he should be fucking locked up he had some issues that guy so uh so anyways the uh, ghost uh there's a ghost thing that fell down the drain in the cloakroom and so he said frank he sees all this happening he's like what the fuck and then the door starts to jiggle and, and oh, there's also the great creepy effect where they just pick the girl up and walk off, and it's like just her floating there, like right. lifeless body floating there. Right, that's <laughs> so fucking creepy. And then uh, the door opens, and somebody comes in. It's dark, and you can't see who they are. And they're trying to go in the drain to find whatever was dropped in there. And then they notice Frankie, and they pull him down and start to strangle him. And then it goes into this crazy '80s fucking child near-death experience like Icarus flying too close to the fucking sun from Brazil shit? Right. Now, let's recap for a moment at how shitty of a night this is. It gets real dark real quick. The boy innocently approaches his, quote, friends in the park, I Mm -hmm. guess. Mm -hmm. And they make racial slurs about the girl he likes. They make racial slurs about the girl he likes. First shitty thing that happened. Now, beforehand, they had already stolen his hat and hid it because they had planned. This was premeditated locking okay. him in the cloakroom. Second room. shitty thing that happened. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm starting to convince myself I don't really have a whole lot of sympathy for this kid. Who? Frankie? Yeah. You should you should not know not to hang out with these douchebags. Yeah, but I mean, uh, yeah. But anyway. His grandpa was cool. Then 
he gets locked in the coat closet or the cloak room or whatever, which is basically in old schools. They would put your coats and rain boots and shit. And they do it in the hallway now outside of the room because of shit like this. Right. Because because kids get murdered in them. Yeah. Remember the cloak room in old uh, in old uh, attack uh, invaders from Mars? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So he's in the cloak room, locked in the cloak room. Does he fall asleep and then he flashes back to his dead mother's funeral? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Then he sees a ghost girl. Yeah. A creepy ginger ghost. Now, there's anything wrong with being ginger, but I'm just describing. Big fan of gingers. Right. Anyways. Um, creepy singing ghost girl. Uh-huh. A, a, a ghost girl is clearly the worst, scariest type of ghost. Yeah, yeah. It's like The Shining. Because you know you're about to witness a murder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it's insane. It's so scary. Um so he sees a ghost girl murdered. Watches um, it die again. Then you didn't mention this. He has he's hiding up as he hears the the door jiggle like someone's coming in. And as the guy comes in the room, a fucking rat starts crawling on him. Oh yeah, he had the rat. That's how he got caught. Mhm. Then he was assaulted by this grown man, strangled. To the point of near death. And then he starts astral projecting into the future. Into the fucking sun. Into the heart of the goddamn sun. The creepy ghost girl again. Meets a little creepy red-haired girl. And after all this, he still remains friends with those kids that locked him in a coat closet. Yeah, I'd be done with those kids. I'd be done with those kids, Bobby. But what if we were those kids? I wasn't that kid. But what if we were? You think that Frankie'd still be our friend? If Frank, I mean, I always take friends back. (laughs) <laughs> but I wouldn't do that to someone. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. Well, I mean, you know, it was a, it was an innocent enough joke. They just wanted to lock them, lock him in a room overnight on, on Halloween. Halloween. Like that's fucked up, you know. So they, this is all of a sudden, uh, Frankie wakes up with his father's uh, lips on his mouth, uh, resuscitating. Him. Jesus Christ! I mean, that's what, that's happens. what happens. That's but his dad was a good guy. I mean, his dad was a good guy. He was trying to breathe the life back. Maybe not. Him. We don't know. Whoa, come on. Buddy. All right, sorry. Come on. It's already a dark movie. I don't need to add any more to it. But now that I know that fucking Fear No Evil directed, I am kind of wondering. So anyways, he wakes up and uh, the police find uh, the uh, the janitor, the black janitor in the uh, basement. And he was passed out drunk. And so they arrest him. They immediately arrest him. He's obviously the suspect. And it was the 60s, so it was really racist. Right. So, so far, we have themes of uh, bullying, child murder, mm-hmm. uh, strangulation, mm-hmm. Uh, molestation mm-hmm. and racism. Yeah, pretty much. Well, why not throw racism as a subplot? Throw it right on top of Just all that throw shit. It, uh, that fucking Let's shit. ruin our day. Think how that shit ended. God damn, it's fucked okay, up. Okay, we'll get oh there. Oh my we'll god, there. this movie is so fucked up. It's so fucked up. I swear to God, I was like, this is not appropriate for our show. And then I finished it. I'm like, that was very appropriate. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> totally appropriate for this fucking show. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, uh, so anyways, Frankie, uh, he didn't die. He didn't die. He lived. And, uh, you know, his family comes to him at home. And, like, one of his uncles brings him a bow and arrow. He's like, here, you can shoot straight now because you're not dead. And he's got an annoying older brother who has, like, the worst <laughs> fucking lines. You remember how great, the, like, the brother's lines were in Night of the Demons? I wish the older brother was murdered and not the little girl. His name was Gino. Um, he, he's basically, like, the douchebag version of Peter Brady. Yeah, he's like his uh, his voice squeaks, and he's always like up to shenanigans, like annoying, obnoxious. I've got a reputation to upkeep. I need to buy some toilet paper for Halloween. Yeah, TP and housing houses. Um, 
uh, he's he's trying to exploit his his brother's trauma to get autographs and sell them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, they're like, "Oh, you kids!" He scares his uh, brother into running Gino, into you know? running into wet cement on a bicycle. Yeah, he's a he's a dick bag. You know that happened earlier in the day too. That was a bad Halloween for little Frankie. And then there's a point where the brother, like, on top of all this awful stuff. He he sees the ghost girl later in the movie, and then he steps on a piece of glass. Because he's barefoot on the street. Why are you barefoot on the street in the he middle of the night? He had shoes with him. He had shoes and with him. And he steps on a piece of glass. Like, this kid's the worst. He's the worst. He needs he needs those bullies to lock him in a coat closet. So, uh, once the police catch the, uh, the uh, African-American gentleman, they pin 11 child murders over the past 10 years on that guy. And the first of the murders was the little red-haired girl. And their 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 entire case is well, his fingerprints are all over the coat room. It's like, well, he's the janitor at that school. He works there. Yeah. I'm sure he stores like mops and shit right. in that coat room. Right, or, so, or coats or cloaks. Yeah, cloaks in that cloak room. So yeah, then there's like a, you know a zany adventure where the boy finds out, hey, uh, this little girl was actually murdered, and the girl's like haunting him. She's not just haunting the spot. They had a connection. I think what it was was his near death experience because he wasn't breathing; he was dead, mm-hmm. and he bonded with her. And so then she comes to his room and does like really cheesy special effects, like putting paper in a typewriter and shit. And then the dickbag brother mm-hmm. sees her. And then he runs in a, in a scene very that. reminiscent of when the brother first sees E.T. in E.T. the extraterrestrial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now let me ask you this, Adam. Mm-hmm. What if you were that? If you were one of those brother, I mean, if you were an older brother and you went into your younger sibling's room, yeah, would would you find it scarier or more off-putting to see an E.T. Mm-hmm. or a red-headed ghost girl? I honestly don't know. It's a tough one, isn't it's a it? Tough one. I thought about that. I think the ghost girl. That's more upsetting. I mean, alien. Who is it? E. T. Here's my thing. E. T. is kind of cute. Well, yeah. Okay. Ghost girl's so, kind of cute too. But ghost girl. It, my immediate thought after seeing a ghost girl would be like, oh shit, this ghost girl probably wants to like wants us to like solve her murder or something. Right. 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 Like fuck, this is gonna be like more work now. Yeah. And she's, she's like, creepy. Yeah. Whereas like an alien, I'd be like, whoa, whoa. All my uh, speculations have been confirmed. Right. Would Let's you... feed him Reese's Pieces. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'd be more afraid that the alien would try to kill me. E.T.'s fine, though. E.T.'s cute. He's not threatening. Yeah, but even still, you know, cute. Even when be... he's, like, decrepit and chalk white, he's laying, all like, laying yeah, in a ditch. Emaciated. So, yeah. like, ah, he's adorable. He's like a husk. <laughs> he's like a, a shriveled little husk. Isn't he cute? Isn't he cute? <laughs> Uh, that, that little ghost girl seemed really needy. She's always asking for her mommy. Where's my mommy? So anyways, when uh, when the ghost girl goes to his room, then all of a sudden she flies to go to the school because she has to go relive her moment in time that she's reliving, apparently. Really didn't yeah. go into any definition. She's just in, in repeat. Yeah. It's, it's like when the record... Uh, other than when she's scratches. fucking hanging out with him on Christmas morning, fucking playing with shit. The fuck yeah, just that? go relive those moments, right. ghost girl. What the Don't fuck? go relive your murder. Dumbass. <laughs> like, so, right. so, uh, so then, uh, now, now they've been talking about this place they called The Point, right? And it's this big cliff, and, there's a, and this place is supposedly haunted. Haunted... By the lady in white, mm-hmm. which they've been talking about the whole movie. They keep dropping hints at this lady in white, especially in the title of the movie. Yeah, right, right. The, the whole title of it. So they go, uh, they go up. They they chase the ghost girl who's now being carried just like a lifeless corpse across town. Does nobody ever see this? 
Because I'm like, is is Frankie the only one who sees it? And then yeah, Gino he's sees like, it? he's one of those like clean pineal gland, uh, yeah. chip coffee kids. <laughs> but uh, now you saw the lady in white. Okay, what the lady in white do when you saw? Her? Oh, you saw you saw someone murdered, huh? <laughs> you saw a little redhead girl get murdered. Okay, next time you see that little redhead girl, girl get murdered and you're on your bicycle, I need you to just say, I don't have time to help you solve your mystery right now. Little redhead girl, I have to go to school. <laughs> Just drive away. You're fine. I love when Chip Coffee shows up. So, uh, so they follow up there, and like you think, you know, they, they take the body of the cliff, the the ghost that's not there, the invisible ghost. And then uh, here's where it gets even fucking creepier. The ghost girl wakes up in the arms of her assailant and starts screaming, "No, mommy, mommy, mommy! It's still alive!" And then he throws it off the fucking cliff. I'm like, oh my god, that's devastating. That's devastating. It, like, you, I know you personally, and, and as if anyone listeners knows, drawn the conclusion that you will openly enjoy watching death and destruction oh, and murder my my on television uh, or movies. That's why I watch it. You were even disturbed by this child's movie. Yeah, I mean, I've been disturbed by this child's movie. You didn't laugh when the child died, as <laughs> usual. That's true. It's true. You didn't say that's awesome. That kid's dead. Yeah. Was, and then pull out one of those like confetti poppers. I'm worried that a lot of like other memories I've repressed are going to come back to me after watching this film. Memories that I haven't repressed that never <laughs> happened to me are going to manifest. Just manifesting false memories. Yeah. So then, uh, so then this blonde lady who's also a ghost runs out of the house that's up in the creepy hill and runs to the edge. And this was the mother of the little girl, and she says no. Baby, and she dives off, but it's really weird when she dives off because these giant hands appear behind her with cheesy special effects, and she looks like an angel. I don't fucking know what Ologia was thinking. <laughs> yes, but she dives off too. So there's two ghosts, and apparently these two ghosts are in their loop, but they just keep missing each other mm-hmm. because they're right there at the same fucking spot. Yeah, and and the the, the lady wife's yeah. looking for a daughter. I work nights. <laughs> the little girl's looking for mommy. I'm like ships passing in the night. It's, it's like Lady White. Come out of the house five minutes earlier. You get to see your little girl get thrown off the cliff. You can go save her. Like, come on. Come on, do something. Yeah, I don't know if that's how ghost dimension works. I don't know how the ghost dimension works in this movie. We'll get, the, we'll get the to end the end. end. <laughs> you just wait. So anyways, uh, other than that happening, uh, at another time, when, when Frankie's hanging out with the bullies, they go into the old abandoned house that I was just speaking of. Mm-hmm. And there's a lady in white there, but she's got red hair and she's an old woman. It's and Mona from Who's the Boss. It's Mona from Who's the Boss, who is terrifying in Who's the Boss in real life and in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. She's probably very nice. Yeah, well, or she's, if she, God rest her, if she's not alive anymore. If so, she's haunting the fucking cliffs in an old abandoned house. <laughs> Jesus Christ, fucking Mona was <laughs> creepy as shit in this movie. Now, I will say this, because I want to ask you this. Mona from Who's the Boss is mm-hmm. the is one of the... La- is a lady in white. Is a lady in white, yeah. Um, now, she's pretty dolled up in this film, Adam. How do you mean? I mean, she's, she's put together well with her hair and her makeup uh-huh. and her clothes. Uh-huh. She's, she's kind of seductive are you for gonna, old are you, gonna, are you about to ask me if I'd bang her? Those are your words, not mine. Is that what you're asking? I was going to ask you if you uh, thought she'd make a good grandma. <laughs> well, of my grandchildren, I mean, probably not. I don't know. I mean, it depends on the day, but but no. All right. We can leave it. We don't have to go into detail. I mean, look, I like redheads, but that one's not. 
That one's not the one I'm looking at, all right? Okay. Love you, Mona. <laughs> Sorry, Mona. If you're alive still, I mean, sure. I'd put out. She uh, listens on SoundCloud. <laughs> so, yeah, so there's a bunch of lady in white, ladies in white in this movie. Um, there's just, it's, it's a really bad, terrible situation for these kids. And then the, uh, let's, let's jump right to this. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, the guy the 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 African American janitor gentleman mm-hmm. who, uh, who who whose daughter our hero Frankie has a crush on you know mm-hmm. that's his love completely unnecessary subplot yeah right while they're yeah there's nothing about that while they're in church um, the the family the pa- parent of another dead kid because eleven dead kids died over the last year, ten years right starts cursing the name of the black family. And like while they're there, like saying, I spit on you, I spit on your husband, blah, blah, blah. And like there's no proof that he did it. Right. But That's how racist people were back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like this lady, like this poor lady faints in front of her children in the church. And and Frankie's dad, Angelo, helps out. Even if your husband, it's bold. Yeah. Even if your husband's innocent and in jail for child murder, still showing up at the mostly white church. Mm-hmm. That's pretty ballsy, man. Well, what are you supposed to do? And one of the victims, the mothers of one of your, the victims, goes to church there. Probably multiple victims. That's how dedicated town. to spirituality people were in the 1960s. Well, look where it got them, huh? So later on in Vietnam. the movie, <laughs> later on in the movie, we're just talking about Nam. Uh, later on in the movie, uh, he gets acquitted because there's mm-hmm. a lack of evidence. So he's with his wife, and he gets out, and he's sitting in the car, and he's all happy. He's like, "Okay, well, at least they know I didn't." I didn't kill those children because I would never do that. Mm-hmm. And that mom comes up and knocks on the window and says, you know, I wanted to apologize and, you know, for, for blaming you. And he's like, that's okay. It means so much coming from you. And then she pulls out a gun and shoots the man in the head. It's, it's so fucking insane. It's insane. He shoots through, she shoots through his head and shoots his wife too. It's fucked up. This movie like ups the ante. Slowly but surely, it's like this. It's like this horrible hike up a mountain uh-huh. that you cannot take your eyes off. Yeah. A mountain of hate and darkness. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we have this unnecessary to kill a mockingbird subplot. Yeah. Now I was going to ask you this, Adam. Um, can you do an impression of Gregory Peck describing the? Uh, Ghost lady in white that lives on the town cliffs. Now I can't do a Gregory Peck impression right now. <laughs> Let me hear something. Are we talking Gregory? I'm thinking Gregory Hines. No, that's not the same at all. Uh, what about Jimmy Stewart? Wait, Jimmy Stewart. All right, I'll Whoa. take I'll take I'll take Jimmy Stewart if you. I'm can. not doing a fucking Jimmy Stewart impression. Jimmy right. Stewart and uh, uh, Gregory Peck are like the same person. Like, yeah, see. That's uh, that's Jimmy Cagney. See, there, yeah, yeah. The cliffs. There was a lady, lady in white. I looked up and there was a. Ten foot rabbit. <laughs> you just you doing fine, Bobby. Just keep it up. All you right. do it. I was just wanting to set myself up to have that opportunity to do a Gregory Peck. No, a uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart. Stewart. Yeah, yeah, James Cagney. Whatever. Yeah, see. Yeah, see. Yeah. That's yeah. just old thirties gangster now. Yeah, yeah. Lady in white. See. Wow. She's the doll. Yeah, that's my number one tits over there. <laughs> All I right. Lo- I love you, baby. As sure as ten times, I'll buy you a dollar. I love you. <laughs> That's from Double Indemnity. I'm going to use that one. I'm going to use that line mm-hmm. on a woman. Um, okay, so when when let's let's roll it back for a second. When they go and uh, visit the lady in white's right. house, yeah, yeah, like yeah. the little kids have a lizard with them. They got a gator. 
Is it a gator? It's a little alligator. Like who the f- what the fuck? Who's watching these kids? Nobody. They're getting molested and murdered. They're carrying alligators around. They're locking kids in closets. This was the sixties. I make America great again is all I have to say about that. Yeah, you know, I mean, we're we're too much of helicopter parents now. Right. Let kids get murdered. I mean, this shit's still going to happen. Kids are still going to get murdered now. We're just more paranoid but about it. You strike me as the type of child when you were when you were young that wore like like overalls and then with stuff like knives and frogs and shit in the pockets and like uh clam strips things like that what's a clam strip like a fried clam strip for later snack a strip of fried clam the point is did you ever carry around reptiles in your overalls no no i didn't i was a jacket pocket kind of guy all right gotcha my jacket pockets were full of shit Mm mm-hmm Switchblades, contraband, mm-hmm. whatever you know, stolen watches, candy, you know, all that shit. Anything I could get my hands on. Were there's originals? <laughs> my 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 creepy uncle Phil used to give me those when he was teaching me to archery. What happens next? So uh, they they go down into the into the drain where the where the where the where the ghost had dropped something, and they find a ring, and it matches their father's ring from high school or something. <laughs> doesn't even matter. It doesn't point. matter. I'm just crying on the inside. Yeah, and so it turns out that the uh, this ring belonged to their Uncle Phil. And Uncle Phil is out on a on a boat teaching trip with the little boy, with little Frankie. And he has a really awkward, uncomfortable moment there. And, you know, the audience sees it, but little Frankie doesn't see it. He doesn't know. Are you talking about the bow, the bow and arrow? Okay, yeah. so yeah, he te- goes out to teach him archery because Frankie's in archery and universal monsters. Yeah. Dracula. But I said it like I wasn't. I was joking. Right. I was like, "Wait, who is that?" And you were like, "Oh, that's his uncle." I'm like, "Is that his real uncle?" And you go, "No." I was like, "That that guy is a child molester." Like there was no overt implication of it, and you were just like, "Nah, everything's child molesting with you." Like not everyone's a child molester. I'm like, "All right." And I, I did kind of say it halfway joking. I was trying to throw the scent off for you. Buddy. No, 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 no. I knew he was the bad guy oh, Okay. at that point in the movie. But yeah, there's a moment where it, right after I said that, that he's like doing that thing where you like lean over to help someone fire a bow and arrow and he like rubs it. It's so... Ups- oh, And then you're like, I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, it's... See? See? Mm-hmm. It's not even subtle about it. Not even subtle. And then he starts singing the, have you ever seen a dream walking? And then Frankie realizes Uncle Phil's the bad guy. And I got to be clear here. It's not Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. No, that guy was great. Who do you think would win in a fight? The child molesting Uncle Phil in this movie mm-hmm. um, or Uncle, Uncle Phil, Phil from, from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Well, it depends. And does, does this Uncle Phil have his bow and arrow? And does the other Uncle Phil have his Glock? Mm, fuck, that's tough. Yeah. I, I feel like he shouldn't get a Glock, but he should have some advantage or some weapon of choice. Does if Uncle just, Phil have a Glock? I don't know. Anyway, okay. <laughs> so we find out that... <laughs> we find out... That Uncle Phil's a chomo. <laughs> yes. Child molester. And uh, and then he starts chasing him in the woods. He's like, well, I didn't realize it was you. Once I took your Dracula mask off and realized it was you, Frankie, I stopped strangling you to death. Like that was his, that's comforting. Yeah, that was real comforting. And so uh, they go up under the house on the hill, you know, over the cliffs. Mm-hmm. And then Uncle Phil's trying to kill him. He's going to strangle him because he's like, I can't look your father in the eye ever again. And then whack, the lady in white smacks him in the back of the head with a board. 
And then what happens? And then he wakes, Frankie wakes up in the house and there's candles everywhere. And the creepy Mona lady in white starts telling the sad story of the little girl that was dead and the other blonde chick that was dead. She was the sister of the blonde chick. Oh. Zinger. So that's where those ladies in whites was tied in. So there's more than one lady in white. Mm-hmm. And then as she's being extra creepy towards Lucas Haas, um, Uncle Phil comes in and strangles her to death. <laughs> Not only that, <laughs> this is a child's movie. Yeah, yeah, and it's like the view is like her face is right there in front of the screen, and it's like you know, kind of pulling back, and then she starts getting choked. It's so fucked up, and then uh, I guess she dies because the whole house burns down. I was <laughs> 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 you know? just like, assuming. Yeah, let's let's let's, uh, let's take it up another notch. <laughs> yeah, Burn so the house down. So Uncle Phil escapes with the, with, the, with Frankie with Lucas Haas and uh, he starts trying to no he takes it to throw him off the fucking cliff right he takes him to throw him off the cliff and then the uh, the ghost lady in white shows up and strikes <laughs> Uncle Phil with lightning it's so horrible dude the scene where he's trying to throw Lucas Haas off the cliff <laughs> and like the boy's struggling for his life and keeps wrapping his legs around it's so fucked up man I'm I'm genuinely disturbed yeah. and i watch really fucked up movies this is the fear no evil guy if i had known if i had known oh my god okay so so the ghost lady shows up strikes him with lightning and he falls off a cliff and then uh yes. yeah yeah I, I like how at this point in the description we just kind of cavalierly say that line hey, it shows up and strikes her with strikes him with lightning cow and then Next. uh and then and then the little ghost girl is reunited with the ghost mom they finally got on the same time schedule, and they hug, and then they turn into like an ancient alien meteor pyramid and fly into the sky and just zoom off into space. Space ghosts, I guess. And then I'm thinking the whole time, I'm like, what about Mona? Mona just burnt alive. like this, this <laughs> After sh- being strangled. Yeah, after being strangled. And, like, and she uh, was, everything's okay now, boy. She was holding the candle for the whole lady in white and the ghost girl the whole time. And it's like, ah, oh, we don't care about her. Um, and then they up the ante again. Because Uncle Phil's not dead. <laughs> he climbs himself back up and tries to throw Frankie over the fucking cliff He's again. still not dead. He's still not dead. Jesus Christ. And we're thinking, well, okay, with the scene with the two ghosts reunited, we're like, well, so do you have to kill the... Right. Do you have to avenge? That, that's what I was going to say. Is like You have to avenge your death by convincing a impressionable child in the real world that has already a lot of other bullshit on his plate. Right. Um, into solving the mystery of your murder. Yeah. And then make sure your murderer's dead, perhaps. And then you get to reunite with your ghost family members in space. In space, yeah. But but they, they, they were off because Uncle Phil wasn't dead. There was no vengeance. Right. You know? It's a good movie. No, it's it's it, I don't it's good, but that's not why you watch it. No, it's a fucked up movie. It's a good movie. There's nothing like this. Um, and the whole thing with like the well, think about the subplot at the beginning with like the author. Oh yeah, and, yeah, the, yeah. At the at the gravestone with the cab driver, he's the one telling the story. That was the only point of that. That was the, all. The, like as an episode of the Wonder Years. Yeah, it never went back to that ever again. No, it just ended with the house burning down. The I mean, again, taking it back to the cab driver situation. What if? Okay, what's more creepy now? Now you got this weirdo telling you the story about ghost children right. and how he solved a murder and his uncle tried to throw him off a cliff. Like, yeah, you know. You can walk the rest of the way, Mr. Arthur Man. Good tale, Arthur. Get back in the cab. 
<laughs> what the fuck, dude? <laughs> if someone just told you that story that you just met in like a period of an hour and fifty minutes, right? With lots of detail, I'd be a little, I'd be a little perturbed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, one one last thing. I mean, I definitely would recommend it if you want to see something that you've never seen before. Yeah, I mean, we did just give you the whole movie, but still, it's disturbing to so, watch. Again, heavy, 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 heavy themes, especially for, again, PG-13. But still, this was clearly marketed to children. The protagonist is like 9 or 10, maybe. Yeah. You and know, I mean, there's like little lines I remember from my entire childhood. It's getting colder than a witch's tit out here. Yeah, and they're dropping N-bombs right after that? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, um, so, again, this is your quintessential argument for the 80s did not coddle its youth. Nah. Um, you, people bring up the cliches like witches or Return to Oz or uh, even like Labyrinth or Dark Crystal, Watcher in the Woods. This is like... Way creepier. This is way next level shit. Um, now, my question to you is because you're a father. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine? I'm not throwing my kid off a cliff. No, <laughs> I'm not going throwing anybody. Could you imagine kids off if you were trying to kill a Saturday afternoon? You took your child in the 1980s to see this film, um, thinking it's just like another kids movie, and then by the end of the day, you're having to explain death, racism, pedophilia, child murder, strangulation. It was different time back uh, then. It was burning alive. It was different. In the strangulation. 80s. What happened to that lady in white? Well, she burnt alive, son. She's dead now. This is McGruff the Crime Dog's fucking nightmare. I always wanted to make a McGruff like spinoff, like after story called McGruff Dug Door to Hell. We'll get into that some other time. So, yeah, that was a lady in white. Um, check it out if you dare. <laughs> yeah. We're at- if you want to ruin your fucking day. It's a it's a bit of a downer. It's it's disguised. It's you don't think it's gonna be as much of a downer as it is when you start watching it. This is the strangest film we've ever watched on this show. You, we we can't say that, Bobby. We can't say that. We watched uh, we watched Abraxas. That was just terrible. Yeah, that wasn't strange. This is actually pretty well made. It is, and it's it's like watching a horrible dark train wreck. It's like a kid's like worst fucking nightmare. It, it like covers all the bases of a kid's worst. We nightmare. used to say that like, and let's in, throw in some like Invaders from Mars. Toby Hooper's Invaders from Mars was like a child's nightmare. Right. This is like a real world nightmare. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just there's a little bit of the ghosty Ooh, stuff. I'm gonna go have a drink after that one. <laughs> You've been drinking all day. I know. Have some more. So uh, that's a nice day. Of the Triffids poster you got there. Hey, Bobby. thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. I got this bad habit these days where I. Uh, Get uh, a few drinks in me. Get on Amazon Prime and start. Oh, you're a drunk shopper. I am a drunk shopper. Gotcha. That's I need that extra dopamine. That's why you of, have that uh, cool acquiring shit. resources of uh, weird sci-fi from the 1960s. I'm not going to get into where I get my extra dopamine from these days. Mm-hmm. But you know what you can do, folks? If you want that dopamine kick, you can go onto YouTube and type in Dave TV, D A V E T V, all one word, and then another word, Trump card. T-R-U-M-P-C-A-R-D. And on there, you'll find three videos. There's a, there's a music video for my song, Idiocracy. Music video for the song, Grab Him By The Pussy. And then the full entire... Jesus. That's the name of the song, fucker. You know that. The full entire Trump card set is available there for you to view. So if you ever want to see what Adam looks like dancing as a Nazi clown on stage, you're going to get your chance. And then you can follow Adam's shenanigans on Instagram at... Bonart13. You can also follow me on Instagram at P 
Pinball Bobby. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at Not For Everyone Podcast. And Gabe, you can also follow Gabe's Beard Oil Company at Pillager Oil. Yeah, my lady friend said that my beard smelled nice and it was really soft. So um, that's a good thing. You know what I really want to do, Bobby? I want to find out how to put my video of Grabbing by the Pussy onto Trump's Twitter. Because I really think that he would like that song. I think he's going to be into it. It's, uh, I mean, it's Did a thing like this ever happen to you? Did you ever see a dream walking? Well, I did. Did you ever hear a dream talking? Well, I did. Did you ever have a dream thrill you with will you be mine? Oh, it's so grand and it's too, too divine. Did you ever see a dream dancing? Well, I did. Did you ever see a dream romancing? Well, I did. Did you ever see heaven right in your arms, saying, I love you, I do? Well, the dream that was walking and the dream that was talking and the heaven in my arms was you.